Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 70. Welcome, friends. Oh my goodness. I did not mean to be away for so long. Um, You know, as life is opening up here in the U.S., life is full right now. Um, I'm a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that I want to share with you guys. So let's just see what we can get through here today. First of all, do you have something fun to drink? I've just got a cup of tea here on a Sunday morning and I went easy today. Just a Trader Joe's organic Earl Grey. I love Earl Grey tea just like Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek Next Generation. Um, Did you know, I'm sure you did, that Trader Joe's has an amazing selection of teas. They don't really have anything loose leaf, but you know, sometimes I just want a tea bag. <laughs> so I, uh, last couple trips, have picked up a couple boxes of tea. One, one's called Well Rested, um, and it's basically like a sleepy time tea that I like to do at night. And then I've got some Earl Grey, and I should add a few more to my collection. So I hope you've got something fun to drink. It's summer here in the northern um, hemisphere, so maybe you're drinking an iced tea or uh, you know what I've gotten into making are um, Arnold Palmer's. We have a lime tree and so um, my husband juiced a ton of limes and um, froze them into like one cup, um, little baggies of one cup of lime juice. So um, we make limeade. I, I don't really drink it. You know, I don't try not to do too much sugar, but you know, I've got kids, so they like it. And so it's just one cup of lime juice, one cup of sugar, and five cups of water. Makes a really nice limeade. And then I just do for iced tea, I'm, you know, as much as I'm kind of a hot tea snob, I'm not an iced tea snob. So I get the Lipton cold brew iced tea bags. And one, they're large bags, and one of them, will brew a quart and I have a ton of quart mason jars so I will just brew it one quart at a time is that a quart 32 ounces that's a quart yes um and then mix um maybe not even half and half iced tea with the limeade maybe a little bit less than half on the limeade and I still think it's plenty sweet so that's kind of a a fun summer summer drink there but so much has happened. Um, it's been a month since I podcasted. So um, I think when last when last we spoke, <laughs> we were moving my two older kids out. And we did that. We moved them over uh, Memorial Day weekend. Um, they are living in a, a cute little apartment in San Diego. And that was um, an exhausting weekend to, to move them. It was an upstairs apartment. <laughs> Why? Why? I always wanted to just live on the second floor, and I think I mostly did, but it is so hard to move um, things up to the second floor. So anyway, so that was um, a, a great weekend. It's very cute. You know, it's kind of an, um, I want to say it's an older apartment building. You know, it was maybe built in the 60s or something, but they have like basically gutted the inside of the, um, like the kitchen and stuff is all new with, you know, like those kind of, um, uh, cabinets where you, you never need contact paper. Do you remember contact paper? That would be when I was moving from apartment to apartment, that would be the first thing you would do. As a matter of fact, if I could get into an apartment the day before I was really moving, I'd go in and do the whole contact paper thing. 
How many of you, like raise your hand, are you giggling with me? Like remember contact paper? Well, that's like a thing of the past with these, which is so nice. Um, yeah, so so that was, um, it was very nice. Then they came back 10 days later for the weekend because my youngest son graduated from high school and there was just like so much that went along with that. I was just so overwhelmed from the, you know, announcements and gifts and we did a party and um you know just all the things that go along with with uh, the clothes my clothes his clothes everything um and that was really nice um we, we, because we're in southern california graduation is always outside like at the stadium so so that was nice um so they were able to have a pretty normal graduation um once we sat down we could take off masks and they they had a whole social distancing thing kind of built in so that was all good the kids wore masks during graduation um one thing that was kind of a, just a little bit sad is that everything was like canned music for all the other uh, graduations there's the orchestra plays you know pomp and circumstance and and all that and both of my boys have um, been part of that you know that music thing for previous graduations but um, you know there was really not a big music program this year so it was just all canned music but um, that was lovely I'm glad my two older kids were able to come back for that and then the next day um, we did a a graduation party and it's just like you know everyone was vaccinated it was it was still outside but just you know we have you know, said no to so many things this year with my youngest son, his senior year of high school in terms of get, you know, gathering with people outside our family and all that. So it was so nice to be able to say yes to something. And um, so, so that was amazing. So all of that is, you know, super happy stuff. And then there's the flip side to that. And, um, and that is last podcast I think I told you that we knew that my dog um, had liver cancer but um, we thought we would have a few more months with him well all told he got sick on Mother's Day and we had to put him to sleep this week and it was excruciatingly hard and one of the things that was really hard about it is um, we had no idea that it was coming that day like until things went south on us at three o'clock and by six he was gone you know it was just like such a whiplash thing so still adjusting to this very quiet house um as a matter of fact the day after that happened my um youngest son went on a camping trip with some friends it was just my husband and I and no pets and man I mean we are going back 25 years (laughs) to be back in that position and um so it's been life has been like a just huge adjustments lately So in order to sort of deal with all of those things, um, I've been trying to eat better. Um, I'll talk about that in a bit and um, do some other things for exercise instead of just, you know, walking, which brings up a lot of memories. Plus, I've got this issue with my foot. So now I'm sort of free to do more bike riding, which I've been, which I love to ride bikes and it does not hurt my foot. Um, And I a lot of times went for walks, even though my foot hurt because the dog needed walks. So, um, so that's, you know, the, that'll be kind of an interesting new, new thing this summer. Um, I don't know if I've ever talked about it, but, um, I I know I've talked about diet a lot on this podcast, um, but there is, uh, one particular program that, um, I'm finding very helpful. It's called the Galveston diet. If you, you've probably seen it on Facebook. Um, if not, I'll put a link in the show notes. But it's a, it's a diet that's sort of our lifestyle, let's call it that, that's built on, on sort of three pillars. One is intermittent fasting, which I have been doing for um, a solid year now, and is just part of my lifestyle. My husband even does it now. 
um, eating anti-inflammatory foods and staying away from inflammatory foods. So inflammation, fighting inflammation is sort of the second pillar. And inflammation leads to um, things like insulin resistance, which I know that I at least had if I don't still have. Um, and just as we get older in a lot of the sort of aches and pains we have, um, have a lot to do with, with inflammation. So fighting inflammation is the second one. And then the third one is really um, about sort of rebalancing your, your macros, your fats, carbs, and protein. And in the weight loss mode, it's very heavily high fat and low carb, but but not no carb, like not super low. It's still, you know, fruits, some fruits, vegetables, good carbs, like whole grains, um, definitely part of it. And then as you go into maintenance, they allow for more for that. So anyways, I'm kind of digging into that. I bought the program a while ago and, and um, about a year ago is when I really got turned on to this whole inflammation and what fasting does for you. Um, I've talked about reading the obesity code, which tells you, uh, you know, like everything you need to know about fasting. But this, um, the Galveston diet was uh, created by a woman doctor as she went into menopause and realized that the things that used to work were not really working for her and spent like two years of research on it. So anyways, I'm not an affiliate or anything like that. It, the program does cost money. It goes on sale all the time. But I'm actually doing a, like a boot camp um, to sort of get myself really going into it. I got the fasting down, not perfect on the inflammation, and I'm certainly not perfect on getting those macros right. So I'm kind of hoping to, I don't know, as there's less kids in the house and I just, I have more time. It's such a, I'll get into that more. It's kind of a, a strange phenomenon <laughs> to not have every moment accounted for. I'm just like, uh, I'll talk about this at the end, but kind of just investing in myself right now. And so this is one of those, those things. So let's get on to the quilting. And thanks again to the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. The Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. Join the Fat Quarter Shop for their 14th annual Designer Mystery Block of the Month Club. This quilt will leave you with a sugar rush with 12 sampler blocks by designers from Moda Fabrics to sweeten the deal. Each quilt block finishes at 12 inches square and features the strawberry and rhubarb fabric collection by Fig Tree Quilts from Moda. This club is perfect for beginners and experienced quilters. It runs from June 2021 to May 2022 and ships around the 10th of every month. I'll put a link in the show notes. So it's starting now. I just want to say it's not too late to, to jump on the bandwagon. And have you seen this fabric from Fig Tree? It is adorable. It's got the peaches and kind of orangey reds and some lime greens it's an absolutely gorgeous fabric line so i'll definitely put a link in the show notes check it out all right let's talk about quilting which is kind of a fraught subject for me so once my two older kids moved out um some space opened up in the house to set up my sewing room again um, i had this idea that i would set up my sewing room upstairs in my daughter's room and and I think that is still the plan. I think I need to paint the walls. They need to be painted anyways, but they're a blue. And I just am wondering if that will really affect the way colors look in that um, in that room. It is at the back of the house, which gets the best light. But in the meantime, I actually offered that room up to my youngest son, who has shared a room with his brother his whole life. So let me just set the stage for you that these are two six foot four boys young men, they're actually adults, um, that ha 
are we're sleeping in bunk beds like through this whole pandemic just there's childhood I mean we just don't have any other space in the house that they and I think they didn't really mind because it's all they've ever known really <laughs> but so yeah so they've been sleeping in bunk beds um and the way that room is, is there's just it's kind of small and there's just like kind of a walkway around it there's there's like really no open space it's a very crowded room which is why my college son his um his whole desk setup area was our dining room through this whole pandemic and he spent all his time down there and really only slept in in the bedroom and you know like would go to bed at like 2 a.m there and so he, he didn't spend any time there but the younger son he he sleeps um on the bottom bunk always has and um so i said well would you like to sleep would you like to move into chloe's room for the summer because it's um actually i think that no the ceiling is not higher in that room it's just open you know it's just open space and um so he said yes yeah. so i actually went to ikea and and uh, my daughter took her desk so she took some of the furniture from that room but not all she took her desk she took her double bed um but before we bought her that bed um i have a white iron day bed that actually was my high school graduation present and was her bed all growing up until she moved into an apartment and we got her a twin uh, a full-size bed but anyway so it's got the a day bed in there um it's got a dresser there was no desk um and she took one of three bookshelves so you know we kind of did some rearranging and she had this idea of putting the desk her desk in the window of this room which that is not how i had it set up when i was in control of how her room was set up but it was kind of brilliant so it looks really good so what i did is i looked at desks i tried facebook marketplace but ultimately the day that the kids uh, drove back after graduation i was kind of right behind them on the five freeway went to burbank and went to ikea and bought an alex desk which is i think a pretty common desk or the alex system is pretty common for sewing room my friend minky her whole sewing room is built on this system and she really likes it so i got a 55 inch top and then um, drawers on each side you could have gone you know with drawers on one side and legs on the other but i'm like give me all the storage and so i got we put that together and it's all set up and then then my son moved all his gaming, uh, his whole big computer setup in there. So he's got it for the summer, even though hilariously he still sleeps on the bottom bunk because it's more comfortable for him. So he's kind of got two rooms for the summer. So I set up downstairs in the dining room, which um, felt foreign um, and weird. Um, I got was able to get like my stash out of the where I've crammed it into storage and swept and polished and straightened and and set my computer my uh, sewing machine down and plugged it in and went to just you know test it and it didn't work i'm like are you kidding me are you kidding me after all this time it worked when i set it aside last time it just it did not work it was just it's like the light was on but nobody was home the light was on but the it was not you know the the needle was not going up and down i was like oh my gosh and um i bought it's a juki um and i bought it in the valley so it's like a at least a 30 minute drive to go get its service it's a great sewing machines sewing machine warehouse in north hills it's great um but it's just you know a bit of a drive for me i kind of like a good drive though so the next saturday i took it in there and said okay so here's the deal and i am actually hoping that you're just going to tell me it's like i'm being stupid it's something really dumb and i can turn around and walk out with it and this woman um older woman 
that that works there she was sitting in some you know like aside in the store and she got up and she walked over to it and she flipped the little bobbin thing you know when you wind a bobbin how you push that lever to it that bobbin that that had had gotten tripped and so when that happens you know when you wind a bobbin it doesn't um do anything you know the the needle doesn't go up and down that's exactly what it was so it was actually just something super stupid and I was able to just uh, grab a Starbucks from next door and drive home <laughs> so I get it home and I set it up I sit down and I go I have no idea what to make I don't know what to sew I was like completely lost and I have not felt that way for over 10 years. I mean, you know, you when you are involved in your have your hobby, your creative pursuit, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, you're always thinking as you're doing something, you're thinking, oh, the next time I want to do this. And, you know, it spurs all the ideas. But since I haven't been machine quilting for about a year now, almost, <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I, I had no ideas. So that was kind of crazy. I was going to machine quilt my hand pieced quilt along wall hanging and I sat down to do that and I played with a few practice swatches and then I was like nah you know what I'm just gonna hand quilt that <laughs> and I covered up the machine and I grabbed my project and decided just to do cross hatch quilting on this I'm like you know it's summer anyways and I always hate to you know be be inside when it's so nice outside and so um so yeah that was that was just a crazy crazy idea. So, and, and I'm not out of this funk quite yet. Um, however, I did send my hand pieced quilt along throw size quilt, which is like 50, I don't know, eight by 58 or something like that. I send it to, to be long armed, um, because it's, it's big and I knew I would never hand quilt that. So I sent that to my friend Deanna Senzano, fabulous, um, long arm quilter. I will put her, um, information in the show notes, highly recommend her. Um, so I sent that to her and we picked together. She's really good at helping you figure out. She always says, do you know, you know, the motif you want? And I always say, I have no idea. And she's really good about walking you through it. We decided on this kind of fun spirally thing. I almost went with a Baptist fan. She's got like a normal one and like a wonky one. I'm going to have to try one of those someday. But anyways, um, she does that. She does a super quick turnaround. She sends it back and, um, the post office basically lost it for about a week. And I just kept getting these, um, well, I wasn't getting updates, but when I would track it, it would just say in transit delayed, which I found out is code for it's lost. So that that made me a little sick, to be honest with you. It was, you know, an entirely, you know, kind of a full-size hand-pieced quilt. Um, luckily, Deanna went to the post office on her side and um, they put out a search for it and it's like, within a day of that then it was like oh it's in California and then and I got it within a few days so but that was a it was a little terrifying to be honest with you but um so how I have used my machine the one thing I've done with my machine <laughs> in the months since my kids moved out is I machine sewed the binding you know on the front and now I'm doing the hand part of the binding um, so I've got lots of hand projects still and um, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do What's the next quilt that I want to make? So last podcast, I talked about this quilting planner that um, was sent to me, Plan to Quilt, the ultimate calendar-free project-based organizer. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I did a flip-through on my stories. 
but I broke this out and I went through my last list from, um, what was that called? The Quilters Planner, which was from 2019. And I, I looked at what, what were the whips and what were the ideas I had in that planner and, um, and what do I want to carry over there? The first thing I realized is that I finished a ton of quilts. <laughs> <laughs> I really have. Um, the beginning part of the pandemic, I, I was on this whole mission to get rid of, you know, all my whips. And if I wasn't going to finish it, I donated quilt tops to charity and I, you know, all kinds of things just to, to move things along so that they weren't like oppressing me, especially since I was running out of, you know, I, I didn't have a sewing space. But um, basically, so this is great because now I've written down some ideas. Um, the, the things that are actually whips right now is that... Um, I'm not even counting the quilt that I'm binding right now because that will be done today. But my second handpiece quilt along um, wall hanging, I am hand quilting concentric circles on that one. So that is something that I need to finish. And I start my, my first foray into hand piecing is I did one of those fat quarter shop um, block of the month things like from, I don't know, five years ago and I've hand pieced all the blocks I just need to put together the quilt top so that's kind of and the only reason I haven't done it is it's like 72 blocks they're small blocks and um, I read I need a lot of space to lay it out and I just have never had that space so um, I think I will hand piece the rest of that top but I will have it probably machine quilted though it's it's a it's a big quilt it's like a real throw size quilt um, and so the only there's only basically three Three things. I've, I have fabric that I've purchased for quilts that I have not made. One is a Christmas panel that I talked about. I've talked about before and it's super cute, but I never knew what to do with it. And so I bought a pattern that I've talked about from Orange Dot Quilts. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically one of those um, things where you, you stack it and cut it and put it back together um, and you and it creates kind of like a color wash quilt. And then you put, she has you save one piece of the panel to put on the back <laughs> so that you could like say, this is what it looked like. So I, cause I'm just never gonna make a real Christmas panel quilt. Um, so I've got that and I wanna do that. And then I bought, um, again, I, I think it's been almost 10 years that I went to the Sisters Outdoor Quilt Show and I went to the Stitching Post, which is the quilt shop there and bought a pattern and fabric from Valerie Wells. I have no idea what it's called. Um, and it's, it's blue and it's got a big focus fabric of this bird and um, it's very pretty. And I got, I was cheap about buying the coordinating fabrics and it's a lot of blue and when I've gone to try to find other blue fabric that would go with it nothing is quite right it's like there's too much yellow it's, it's you know blue is very hard to match and so I want to figure out something to do with that fabric and maybe what I'll do because I don't have a lot of fabric and, and it, it, I might do that uh, my loyal heights free pattern which is just an uneven Irish chain that's one thing is I, I kind of want to remake some quilts that I've given away, um, the Loyal, he Loyal Heights free pattern, which is on my blog is one of them. And then I made a granny square quilt that I really enjoyed making. And I think I might remake that. It seems kind of dumb in my, my to remake quilt patterns because there are so many out there, right? So why would I make the same one twice? But I gave away some, you know, like where we're kind of favorite quilts. So I'm, I'm thinking about redoing those. Um, and then maybe I would just use the big focus fabric of these these birds on the as the quilt back is what I'm thinking about for that one 
And then I've also got these fat quarter bundles of Sweet Prairie fabric by um, Down Grapevine Lane that I absolutely love. And I just have never been sure what to do with them. So maybe I'll do the granny square quilt with that. But this really, this having this written out has really helped me kind of shovel through that. And I was able to also just brainstorm other quilt ideas. I always wanted to do a low volume quilt. Um, I really want to do something that uses my stash. I don't use my stash enough, which brings me to, um, I am reaching over to get some books right here. I, I was able to move some of my quilting books into my daughter's room, into the empty bookshelves so that I could kind of see what I had. And I've talked about these books before, um, but I think I'm going to revisit them to get inspired for different um, quilts that I want to make. Um, one of them is Sensational Quilts for Scrap Lovers by Judy, I want to say Gauthier. Um, and she has, it says color and cutting strategies. And there's some really cute scrappy quilts in here. So that would be a good challenge. And then I talked big before about the Harriet's Journey, which is a sampler's quilt that's um, from the Elm Street quilt books. And so I've got that book. So, so anyways, so bottom line is I got some creative juices flowing, but it was, it was scary. I'll be honest with you. When I sat down and said, I don't know what to do. Like, is quilting over for me? I mean, I like, I had a whole identity crisis thing. So anyways, I, I think that I'm, I'm fighting my way back from that. And while we are talking quilting, um, I wanted to share with you a book. And this is um, a book that was sent to me by Krista Watson. I'm sure you know who she is. She's a fabulous free motion quilter and fabric designer, actually. But she has, and, and book author, she's got a bunch of books out. And I don't know if you guys remember, but years ago, gosh, I don't even know when, but a group of friends, Holly Ann from String and Story and Vicki from My Creative Corner 3 and Jen from Quilt and Jenny, we did a um, blog hop situation where we worked our way through a Krista Watson book. I've actually done two, um, The Ultimate Guide to Machine Quilting and I've also worked my way through Free Motion Meandering. This is when I really wanted to master um, free motion quilting. And I, I got pretty good, I gotta tell you. <laughs> And then, um, and then sent a quilt to a long armor and then decided that was really easy. But I am really glad I have these skills and they come back pretty quickly. So Krista has written a new book called 99 Machine Quilting Designs, Ideas and Options for Walking Foot and Free Motion Quilting. I keep saying free motion, but she also does a lot of um, walking foot and um, kind of straight and organic curves and things like that. So she's written a lot of books that really walk you through exactly how to do the different motifs, but this one takes a little bit of a different tact. She has, as she says, 99 ideas. So like when you uh, are faced with a quilt top and you are not sure what to do with it, you pull this book out and you just flip through until something jumps out at you. Oh, here's like one ribbon loops. This was actually one of my um, favorite ones that I learned to do and so this one it's still it has photos and it still has some brief instructions written instructions and then a diagram with arrows to show you how to draw each of these so she really just breaks it down to the the simplest way to explain how to do um, all these different motifs so let me just go so we've got the the organic wavy lines echoed wavy grid wavy shattered lines these are some walking foot designs um, wavy chevrons 
Um, oh, things to do with uh, if you have decorative stitches built into your machine with um, some ideas of things to do with those loops, double loops, <laughs> loops and stuff where you can build in like a from, from a meander build into stars and hearts and things like that. Um, things like yeah, as you're moving down a quilt, adding um, hearts or triangles, pebbles, ooh, cobblestones. I've never seen those. Oh, that's really cute. It's like elongated pebbles, double pebbles, um, a lot of geometric designs, switchbacks, ribbons, um, swirls and pearls, which is maybe my favorite look of a um, design, but both swirls and pebbles are really hard for me. And then improv quilting, where you kind of just put it all together. So anyways, it's a fabulous book with a ton of uh, machine quilting inspiration. So while I was waiting for my quilting mojo to come back, I did pull out the book I talked about last time called A Field Guide to Color, which is a kind of book a little bit about color theory, and it's called a watercolor workbook. So I got that book for Mother's Day, and I bought myself some paints, some watercolors, the ones that she actually talks about in that book, and some brushes. Like I said, I'm kind of, you know, investing in myself, and I've, I've spent a few evenings doing some watercolor. You know, it's hard. <laughs> It is hard to control the paint, the amount of paint, where the paint goes. Um, I've been working my way through some YouTube tutorials, um, which a lot of them have just been really exercises in getting a gradient, like really just learning to use the paints. Like I am not artistic at all, so I don't even know what my end game is with this. I'm probably never going to be one of those people that, you know, watercolors, beautiful flowers and leaves and things like that. But I'm just having fun using the paints. Um, last night, actually, I was painting with them. I think my set has like 32 paints and they are very hard to tell what they are by just looking at them in the little pot there. So I just um, kind of made a swatch list of them of so that I so in the order of how they are you know laid out on my palette there so that when I want to go for a certain color you know basically anything from blue down to black just looks black in the pot <laughs> so so that was just kind of fun um, and there she has a lot of exercises in a field guide to color of just painting meditation painting lines painting dots and even that is like really interesting with you know the more saturated your brush gets how much fatter your your lines are and again how much paint is on your brush so so anyway so that's just been uh, a fun creative outlet that I have not honestly been pleased with anything I've done except for actually when I did the little gradient thing which was a YouTube tutorial um, I turned that into a Father's Day card <laughs> So my friend Vicki, we were talking about watercolors. So she also has watercolors and she's been doing kind of these fun um, washes and then do, doing kind of Zen Tangle style um, doodles with a nice black like Pigma pen over it. Um, but again, I'm not really gifted um, artistically that way, but it, it looks really cute and just super fun. Next podcast, I'm going to talk more about Pottery with a Purpose, which is a small woman-owned and run um, company that provides little pottery kits. And I, this week, I will be posting a, a video of my unboxing of that kit to my Instagram stories. 
and um, I plan to make a little pinch pot this week. So I'm just kind of trying some different things. I've always wanted to get into like ceramics and I will in fact take a real ceramics class someday. Um, but until then, I think this will be really fun. So next podcast, I'll talk more about pottery with a purpose, but I will, will put a link in the show notes to their Instagram page, which is really fun to watch. Let's talk about books. Because this has been a month of transitions and, you know, good times and bad times, I've been doing just a lot of easy comfort reading. Last podcast, I talked about a a murder mystery series called the Notorious Murder Mysteries, and I realized um, that I didn't say all the things I wanted to say about it. I don't even remember how many of those books I had read uh, a month ago, but I've read them all now. There are nine (laughs) And I blew through them, completely enjoyed them. They're, um, the, the mysteries are just kind of fun. They take, you know, the, the main character is a knit store owner. And then there's a, a local cop. It's got this cozy, um, small town feel to it. And it's just, it's super fun. There are some things that kind of uh, bug me about it. One is that she uses really like punny names. <laughs> <laughs> for all the businesses and it's like ridiculous that every business in this town would fall in line with this this these punny names like I don't know artsy tartsy for the coffee shop and notorious is the knit store um and now I can't even remember all of them but they're all over the place and they're a little cringy <laughs> but the uh the mysteries are fun light reads so if you need a little escapism Um, I completely recommend that whole series, Notorious Murder Mysteries, which is apparently written by an established knitwear designer. She writes it under a pen name, and there's like always a knitting pattern at the end of the book. Um, And then I moved on to um, Jeffrey Archer. So if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that I love Jeffrey Archer and talked about the Clifton Chronicles series. Um, a ways back. I've read all those and listened to them as audiobooks, which are fabulous on Libby. Um, as a matter of fact, when I have trouble sleeping, sometimes I just get on Libby and download one just to, <laughs> to listen to while I fall asleep. And it does not matter that I'm missing things because I know these books backwards and forwards. As a matter of fact, I was having a conversation with my dad on Father's Day and then right then just ordered the first one of the Clifton Chronicles to send to him because he kept, we've talked about him before, but he's like, what are they called again? So I just sent him the first one to, to get him going, which is just kind of funny because he is the one that got me onto Jeffrey Archer when I was in college reading Cain and Abel, which I should really reread. I really love that. But since then... Um, And I think I've mentioned this before because I started this book, but it was pretty clear about 20 pages in that I never got anywhere with it, is so in the Clifton Chronicles, there is a character that is a, that writes a series of um, books. I want to call them mysteries. I guess they're mysteries. They're not really mysteries. You know, it's, it's a, um, the character writes a series of books called um, the William Warwick series, spelled Warwick, but they say Warwick, who's a cop. So it's like one of those type things. And so after Jeffrey Archer finished up the Clifton Chronicles, he started writing this series of books, the William Warwick series, that, that the character in his previous book series had written. Am I, have I completely confused you? Anyways, um, those are delightful. I've read, the first one is called Nothing Ventured, and I'm in the middle of the second one called Hidden in Plain Sight, and they're just 
I can't tell you anything else besides the fact that they are very Jeffrey Archer. Um, it is funny because I was re I'm reading that book, but I'm also listening to some random one from the Clifton Chronicles, and I keep getting them confused in my head. Very similar types of stories, um, really high achieving. <laughs> people um, everyone is uh, you know uh, a lawyer or you know a senator or something and um, you know crazy amounts of things happen to them <laughs> but um, so anyways if you like Jeffrey Archer and if you like the Clifton Chronicles you will totally like the William Warwick series so um, there are three I think going to be Fourth, I think the fourth one's coming out soon. So, so it's kind of a good series to get in on now. So that has been really fun. Also, easy reading. Um, I just um, need things right now that just kind of keep my eye, my mind off of, of you know, the, the things I don't want to think about. The other thing, and I haven't just reread it, but I did want to mention um, that the Lazy Genius Way. Um, right now, I don't know when you're going to listen to it, but it was on sale on Kindle for $1.99. And um, so this is on June 27th, 2021. I did not buy it for $1.99. I paid the full Kindle price for it and I still think it was totally worth it. Um, I've, I've talked about The Lazy Genius before. There's, there's a podcast, there's a book, there's a website. And what I like about her, I've said it before, so sorry if this is repetitive, is um, I feel like she and I think very similarly, um, but she has, all these things that I sort of think and kind of um, work into my routines, she has created a system for and put a name to. <laughs> and and that um, is so valuable. The And if you're on, she's got a really good Facebook group too, um, where people say, help me lazy genius this. Um, and, and the reason it's called lazy genius is you want to be um, a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. And that's one of her, there's a couple of her tenants that I find particularly useful. I think there are, I don't know, like 10 or 13 that she goes through in the book. But the ones that come up over and over are decide once. There's all kinds of things that you can decide once on. Um, and I used to, I had, I talked about this on a podcast before where we talk about like, I want to have my go-tos. This is my go-to makeup. This is my go-to entertaining dinner. This is my go-to um, dish when I'm going to bring a meal to someone. This is my go-to brand of jeans or you know, just decide once. A lot of decide once things are really good for decide once on teacher gifts or decide once on um, what, uh, on birthday party gifts, things like that, where you just like, this is what we do and I don't really have to think about it. It's not a crisis because this is how we handle that. So decide once is a good one. And the other one is decide what matters. Um, and, and that's kind of interesting. And let me think if I see if I can think of an example. So how about this? Somebody might say in the, that Facebook group, I need, I know I need new makeup. Help me lazy genius this. Um, here's what matters. It matters that it's um, not too heavy, that it's cruelty-free, um, that I can get it at Target or whatever. What doesn't matter is that it's trendy, the cost or whatever, you know. So it, it um, helps you when you need to tackle a problem. It, it helps to figure out what is important to you. And there's a lot of people will go like, we need new furniture. This is what's important. It's stain resistant. It's durable. What doesn't matter? Cost. I will pay whatever it takes 
um, if it meets these other criteria. And that's a good thing to know about yourself. So, you, you know, so you're not like bargain hunting when you realize, no, you know what, I'm ready to invest in this. So anyways, decide once and figuring out what matters um, are two really good lazy genius principles. The other thing she's really good at is stuff to do with food. And um, I will put it in the show notes, but I encourage you to go find, she has two podcasts on summer meal planning. Um, she has one that just came out in June and then she references one from a year ago, the one she did last June. And, um, I totally went down this rabbit hole, which is to create a, a summer meal plan by creating, um, what she calls like a meal matrix. And so I have these categories and, and this also helps with meal planning. And I've started planning, planning meals two weeks at a time. So here are my categories. I wish I had brought my notebook in. Um, so you, you have like 10 categories and then, you know, three to five dishes or whatever fits with your life in these categories. So one category is things on a bun or in a wrap. Another category is noodles. Another category is like, uh, like rice bowls or things that go over rice. <laughs> um, I have like one category for me is a charcuterie board, even though I, that's, I just do one of those, but it's still a good category. Same thing with pizza. Homemade pizza is just one category for me. Um, things you can do on a grill, egg-based dishes, Mediterranean dishes, because we like those especially. And then I actually have a category called Ben's Not Here. Ben is my youngest son, and there's some things that he doesn't like. Like it turns out anything Indian, like curry, and he doesn't like chili. And so when he's not here, if I know he's going to be out, I will go to the Ben's Not Here <laughs> category and let's have one of those. Um, so that actually has been really cool. So then as I menu plan, I literally will just go, okay. And, and I move things around all the time, but as a, as a basis, I'm like, Mondays are things on a bun or in a wrap. Tuesdays are tacos. And I've got like six kinds of tacos I do. Wednesdays are main dish salads. Um, Thursdays are things on a grill. Friday uh, is either pizza or a charcuterie board or out. And then the weekends are a little more uh, free for all. And like I said, we, like, I'm not sure we've ever had a week that exactly went like that, but that kind of helps keep it balanced. Also, I'm always balancing like, like, is this a beef dish? Is this a chicken dish? And that's why I've got the egg dish in there to kind of break up that we're not always eating meat. But anyways, I will put those two episodes um, in the show notes and it's just been a super helpful way. She also was talking about um, cook in the summer like you're on vacation. Keep it simple, keep your options limited. And where I kind of feel like, oh, it's summer, I should get really creative. I'm like, you know what? I got other things to do. I don't want to get creative. I want solid, tried and true um, recipes for the summer. And so that's been really helpful. In addition to actually reading, I've been listening to books. Um, I finished up The Death of a Perfect Wife by M.C. Beaton. That was one of those books that I downloaded on Chirp, which is like audible but cheaper. And if you get on their email list, they give you a ton of deals. So I think I bought that for about $2.99. Um, that was really fun, you know, cozy mystery. The um, There's a Scottish um, constable um, named Hamish. And the guy who read that book does the most amazing accents. It's, what's, what's really funny is the actual part where he just narrates he has a really deadpan way of speaking, but he knocks it out of the park in all the accents, and there's a ton of accents, so I thought that was interesting. I also listened to Effortless by Greg 
um, McEwen, I think you said how you say his last name. He's the guy that wrote Essentialism, which I read probably a year ago or so. Essentialism is actually, um, it's a lot, it kind of goes hand in hand with the lazy genius way. And that is like the figure out what matters and then do more of that thing. Um, and so essentialism is figuring out what matters. And then effortless is figuring out ways to, once you know what matters, um, do it so it doesn't feel like a lot of work. So it's, again, it's a lot about um, getting into the habit of doing things, making things easier. And that was a, a really good book. I highly recommend it. And the, um, I did it from Libby, the audiobook, and that the reader was good. It might be the guy. I'm not the author. I'm not even sure. Um, and then the last book I want to talk about is from Lisa Woodruff from Organize 365. It's called Organization is a Learnable Skill. And I'm probably like the last person in the world that needs to read a book about organization because I am pretty organized. But I really just like the way this woman thinks. Um, she's the woman behind the Sunday Basket, which I've talked about. Again, probably next podcast, I will talk about, um, I got the financial binder, um, which is a way to organize all your financial information so that if anything happens to you, um, somebody could step in and figure things out, which is a huge worry of mine. <laughs> um, so anyways, so, um, it is her story of how she went from being overwhelmed and in debt to now being the CEO of Organization 365 and how she developed all of the skills that she now teaches through all the things that she sells in her shop, which is the Sunday Basket, the 100-day uh, program, which is um, 100 days to organize your, your entire house room by room, um, things like that. So I... I absolutely love the way she thinks in her podcast the organized 365 podcasts are really good and she gives away a ton of free information there um, I think things like the 100 day program are just a little bit more like packaged for you so you don't have to sift through all of that information um, but so I got that book as a pre-order and then um, as a pre-order bonus you could listen to it on audible and um, so that was that was fun too. So um, yeah, I've got nothing but good things to say about um, the whole Organize 365. Such a backlog of stuff to talk about. Should have saved some of it for the next uh, podcast. <laughs> but um, so let's move on to like shows. So I think I told you last time that I was working my way through the Broken Wood Mysteries, which is on Acorn. I really have loved that. I'm sadly done with those, and moved on to the I think it's called the Miss Fisher modern mysteries um i know you can watch the miss Fish, miss fisher murder mysteries on lots of things probably on netflix on pbs you know it's all over the place and that's a murder mystery show that i have been really enjoyed it kind of takes place in the 20s and now they have a new one that takes place in the 60s where the niece of the uh, of miss fisher um is has come into play here and miss fisher apparently is missing presumed dead who knows i have a feeling she'll come back someday but anyways this niece inherits everything and kind of just steps into that role and it's really fun it's very 60s and so the the, the fashion and the architecture and the cars and all this stuff are really fun to watch um so that's been enjoyable i've only watched a couple of those um I've also started watching Land Girls. I'm after Teddy died. I was I didn't I didn't really want to watch murder mysteries. I wanted to watch something more comforting, and this show has been recommended to me um, before, 
and it reminds me of home fires. Land Girls is about this whole um, thing that happened during World War II in England, no surprises there, where when all the men went off to war, there was um, the women, in order to sort of do their bit, um, were sent to, I think, I, I think you would just volunteer for it, but you were sent to farms to help with the farming because the, the men were, were fighting. And so, um, this is, this land girls is following, I think it's three, three or four girls. Um, they're all at the same farm and, and all the things that happen there. So, you know, that's my good dose of 1940s British countryside. So that's been fun. Um, I think I mentioned before that we are doing a couple months on HBO Max, and so we've been enjoying some of the shows there, including a lot of the Studio Ghibli animated movies. We're watching those with my son. Um, two things that I need to get to, and I just keep not doing, are the Friends reunion, which I've heard was kind of disappointing. Uh, my daughter is a huge Friends fan and she said she only watched it for a bit she's like it's just like an interview it's like we all thought it was going to be a show so we were a little disappointed in that and then in the heights um is on hbo max and i um definitely want to watch that so need to knock those two off before we run out of our subscription so let's finish up this is often the homemaking segment but we're going to talk a little bit more about self-care um as i've mentioned i've just been kind of doing some things to you know, I've been kind of give, give, giving as a mom for a long time, kind of want to invest in me. I've talked before about um, this makeup that I bought called Ilia, and it was a little pricey, but I'm enjoying that. Just because of the summer, my skin's getting a little darker. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a great match for me anymore, but I've really enjoyed that makeup. But what I've liked maybe even more is um, some stuff that I bought from Thrive Cosmetics. And this is not, I'm not an affiliate or anything like that. But they have these um, things called eye brighteners, which is just kind of a cream eyeshadow in a tube. You know, it's just like, a, it's like a pencil sort of a, a way. And um, I, I was bombarded by these these ads. I sort of didn't have a, a chance to eventually not order this. But I, there's a particular, they come in a million colors. And that's probably the hardest thing is you see these little ads and you're just like, I don't know what color to pick. But I think that it's kind of universally, there's a color called Muna, M-U-N-A, like Muna, like Luna, um, which may, you may think is dark, but I'm pretty fair and it's not too dark on me. And a lot of the ads talk about it, like how to get the uh, a smoky eye really fast. So that is like my go-to eyeshadow now. And it just, it's a little sparkly. It just kind of um, is better than going without eyeshadow, which is what I do a lot of the time. I also bought one that's kind of a, a rose gold. And I don't like that one as well. I use it a little bit more like um, on the inner parts of my eye, more like a highlighter. But if you just need like one, that Muna, M-U-N-A is fabulous. I also bought their mascara. Now, the Ilia mascara that I bought previously, I turned out to not love. Number one, it only comes in black, and I like a kind of a brownish black color. And I had trouble uh, with it kind of rubbing off onto my skin a little bit. So I won't buy that again, but I am loving the Thrive Cosmetics mascara. It's fabulous. It stays put, but comes off easily when I wash it. So that has been, um, that has been great. And the and it's it's again it's a little bit um, I mean it's not a Maybelline five ninety nine it's like twenty bucks or something so but but I think it's totally worth it um, and the other thing that I I decided that I needed um, to reevaluate my eyebrows because um, I've gone with my natural hair color I'm 
almost grown out. I've got just about an inch left at the end. I got another haircut, which is a story I'll tell you in a minute. But I started looking into what do you do for eyebrows when your hair is gray or white? And I found a grayish brown eyebrow pencil um, on just on Amazon. It was not expensive. And so that's been kind of interesting. And I really like that, that color. It kind of works really well. Okay, so let me tell you my hair story. So um, I was golden blonde, you know, for forever. I've been dyeing my hair for a long time. Um, and then during COVID, decided to just, you know, grow it out. Um, it, it, was a, it was a slow dawning, but I eventually did and got it whacked pretty good in March. And, um, and then she kind of helped me make the transition out of the golden blonde by kind of bleaching out the, the, the yellow ends and doing a, some um, kind of uh, white highlighting to brighten up the, the back, which is more gray. My front is quite white. And um, so she's great. And I love this hairdresser, but she's not my normal hairdresser. My normal hairdresser just you know, kind of shut down during COVID. And so I got a text from her saying, you know, I'm back. So I decided I wanted to trim. Um, so I went back to my original hairdresser. And let me just say that she was not supportive of my decision. <laughs> and it's it been interesting because I've gotten really nothing but positive um, feedback about my hair, which is pretty white. People, most people say that it looks, it just, it looks blonder. It just looks like I've gone a lighter blonde. And so I actually said that to my hairdresser and she kind of shook her head and wrinkled up her nose and said, no, they're, they're just being nice. It's just, it's white and it's gray. That's all I see is it's white and it's gray. And, and, and she's looking through it and you can just see, she just has this look like she has a bad taste in her mouth the whole time. And I'm just like, I feel like you're biting your tongue. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't like this. <laughs> and then she says to me, sometimes we just don't know what we look like to other people. And I was just like, I mean, and I, okay, I'm condensing down the negative statements. She's also, you know, we just talked about other things too. And she's usually quite nice, but I was just, I walked out of there kind of devastated. Like my confidence was, was rocked where the other hairdresser, um, you know, she was just like, yeah, let's do this thing. Like we can, I can make this work. Like, this is what you want. I'm happy to help you with this. And, um, I mean, and then the, 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 I don't want to name names, but the, the hairdresser that was negative. I mean, she said, you know, as long as you're happy, then, you know, then, then that's fine. But it was just the whole attitude was different. And it made me kind of sad because I've gone to the hairdresser for 10 years, but I walked out saying, okay, I'm breaking up. We're, I'm done. I'm done with her. Um, and I was just, it, I, I, it was funny. I, I I went outside. I took some selfies in the in the sun, and and I actually was picking up lunch for the family inside. I'm waiting in Chipotle. I'm in the corner. I'm taking a selfie of like, I'm like, am I wrong? Like, does my hair look like crap? And nobody is telling me this. And so I'm taking pictures. I'm texting them to friends, going, my hairdresser just said that my hair looks terrible. Like, talk to me. And it it took me about two days to to come back from that. But man, words have power. So. Anyways, I'm still proudly, I'm proudly uh, gray and white, but uh, I'm not going to let her derail me. So, um, okay, we're coming up on an hour, but the last thing I want to talk about also, again, not affiliate, but just me being a sucker for Instagram um, or Facebook ads is I went down the rabbit hole of Olive and June nail polish, nail manicure system. Um, I've been wanting to do it for a long time, but honestly, I just thought it was kind of expensive, but... 
The Lazy Genius has a 20% off code, which is just Lazy Genius, which is what I used. And I got the whole system um, with only one color of nail polish. Now, I love to get pedicures, and I probably will still continue to get those. But um, I don't like to get manicures because they just don't last. I mean, pedicures can last me like six to eight weeks. Manicures, they just go out the window so quickly. Um, so it would be good if I knew how to do them better myself. And I really enjoyed the system. I did a, um, an Instagram story on it. I probably should create some highlights. I don't have any right now. But what's nice about the system is first of all, there's videos that kind of walk you through exactly how to do things. But there's clippers. Um, there's this whole thing about where they explain how to train your cuticles, which is the one part of the manicure that I love coming out of getting a manicure because my cuticles look so good. Um, but they talk about once a week when you come out of the shower, um, push them back with your thumbnail. She's got this fabulous cuticle serum that I've been putting on every day. And I do think that is going to help a lot. I think my cuticles get really dried out. Um, there's a, um, a whole system of how to put on the nail polish where you, you buff it and then you put a nail polish remover on and then you paint and you wait like five to 10 minutes between coats. Um, the brush is rounded and there's a very specific way that you paint it that just, you know, is better. And then it comes with a little paintbrush um, that you can dip in the nail polish remover to just kind of touch up anything around that you get on your skin. Um, there's this thing called the poppy, which is a large handle that you put on top of the nail polish that really helps you um, specifically paint with your non-dominant hand. So anyways, the whole system costs like 40 bucks. Um, but I'll use it over and over. I bought, it only came with one nail polish. You can get this stuff at Target, but I think that getting it as the kit plus the 20% off is the cheaper way to go. So I may get a little more adventurous and buy another. I got a very pale pink because again, my nails aren't great. I like them to look nice, but not, you know, like red or blue, you know, that kind of thing. I like subtle nail polish. So I might treat myself to another well, little more um, obvious color at Target the next time I'm there. But anyways, um, I'll take some pictures later on. I want to, you know, give my cuticles a chance to kind of kind of heal. But it's um, it's been just really fun. So, you know, kind of doing some better stuff with my makeup, doing some better stuff with my nails, getting back into spending some time doing things creatively. This is kind of what's given me life right now. So before I go, I do want to thank some people for uh, for reviews. Um, thank you so much. I would like to thank Amy Quilts 21, Quilter Cross Stitcher, and Bella 71. Thank you so much for your kind reviews. I read every single one and it makes me smile. And I am so glad that um, this podcast feels like sitting down and chatting with a friend because that's how I feel. That's how I feel too. Um, I also want to mention that if you have emailed me, I love it when you guys email me or DM me or whatever, um, and I answer every single email, but sometimes they go to spam and I miss them um, or I, I don't see them for a very long time. And, and the, the problem with that is Gmail has a really good spam filter and most of the things that come through my contact form on my website um, are 
are spam. They really are spam. So I have to go through and just keep checking that the good ones, um, you know, are not also getting filtered out. So if I have not ever answered you, I apologize. And that's probably what happened. I probably just never saw it, but I love it. I love talking to you guys. And um, so I appreciate that. And I just hope that you have a wonderful week. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram at Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day fi- private Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. <laughs>